All right, guys. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Bureau. This is episode 23. Today, we have a guest, and his name is Delane Barham. He's a work colleague, and uh, he's very knowledgeable in Hebrew, Latin, and more importantly, conspiracy theories. Delane, how you doing? I'm doing well, baby. So, doing good. Doing good, Jed. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, it's we're out of we're out of the negative temps. We're coming back up to to twenties. We're we're getting there. We're warming up. Hell yeah, Mark. Yeah, um, I am warm. So I've never been cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. You grew up here. <laughs> well, okay. I haven't been cold in the past like four years. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. Fair enough. Cool, cool. Um, so speaking of cold. You guys uh, dealing with that snow, Mageddon? Like that's over with, right? Yeah. Mostly, mostly. We're still getting the tail end of it. Um, like, it was supposed to be like twelve inches of snow one night, and then like another eight, like two days later. That kind of went down to like eight, four, and then another four. But then it got sunny and kind of warm for a day, so a lot of it melted off, and we still got like two more days coming. Like mm-hmm. Sunday, it's supposed to snow a lot, which is tomorrow. And then I think we're supposed to get snow again on Thursday, but it's less and less snow each time. And there's time in between where like the sun comes out for a little bit and at least is, at least clears off the roads. So the roads are pretty okay. Not like Texas. <laughs> Not like Texas. <laughs> but we're prepared. We, we yeah. know what's going to happen every year. They're yeah. like, snow? What is it? Yeah, they were not prepared, man. It's kind of sad. Like what's going on? What's the point of having like a fleet of snow trucks and and salt trucks when you're only going to use them once a decade? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Be prepared, man. You never know. What's the point of having a gun, Jed, (laughs) and gear? Be prepared. Uh, I know. uh, I mean, Delane, you could probably touch on this more because you've lived here a a long time. I know the I know the mountains are getting pounded with powder, but um, I mean, this is probably normal, right? For this. It's actually not really that much, at the, but we get our most snow right here in February and March, um, or and then we get our rainy months after. So, actually, we also have our roads are designed that when the ice melts, that the water runs off, so it doesn't freeze over again to create more ice. So, like you were saying, Jed, that a lot of states like us were more prepared for the snow as compared to Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drier nice. states will just have it. It's super flat because it's it's cheaper, it's less thick, less asphalt, less cost, less machinery. But yeah, the crown is what's super important. And then you yeah, have the problem with like Illinois, with the roads is so bad that you know there's always a huge crack right down the center, <laughs> and then it becomes a like a like a W. And yeah, it just gets deeper bad and deeper <laughs> and deeper. Oh, so bad. Yeah, here we use we use like what dirt or something. What do we use on the roads? Because it just we don't use uh, salt. Uh, we use that mag chloride. Mag chloride. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's that basically like ice melt. And then we also use dirt at some of the intersections, you know, for the trucks to stop on. But if they don't street sweep in some areas like smaller towns where I grew up in Fort Morgan, uh, then when it melts away, the dirt's still there and then you slide on it. Yikes. <laughs> Shit, man. Solving one problem, creating another one. Yeah. <laughs> This is an endless cycle. Exactly. Government. (laughs) This typical display of the government at work (laughs) on the local and federal level. Anyways. Um, So uh, mainly what brought you here today, Delane, is uh, the interest in the convex earth theory. 
and uh, you seem to be very be very knowledgeable on this. And uh, it's a it's almost a touchy subject um, because we've we've been indoctrined into this uh, you know globe Earth type. Um, you know, it's in our faces, thrown in movies, it's thrown in, you know, sci-fis, it's, it's everywhere. Right. Um, and, uh, so I figured let's have you on, let's hear what you have to say. I mean, you, you, you've been blowing my mind at work. So, um, I want you to give our audience and, uh, you know, just give our audience the rundown. What do you, where do you want to start with this thing? I don't even know where to start with this thing. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'll start with, um, my name's Dwayne, uh, before I got into flat earth though, it wasn't like I was always just a flat earther. It just kind of came to me, you know, I was dating this girl at the time and, uh, I was very open-minded. I was researching ancient alien theory. That was actually like my biggest thing at the time. And I went through this phase where, you know, I kind of wanted to commit suicide. And instead in that moment that I felt that I felt this presence come to me, you know, it was like a voice that said, I'm here for you, brother. And I always have been. And it made me regain my faith after having lost it for 14 years, at which point, you know, um, I was kind of struggling with ideas of the old way of thinking and the new way. And this girl I was dating said, you're pretty open-minded. You ever considered flat earth? And I told her, you know what? You're freaking higher than I am. I don't know how you would even consider that. So I don't know. It ate at me and it really bothered me a lot that somebody would believe in flat earth. I guess how I would imagine other people might feel. So rather I'm the type of person I like to research things. I like to look things up and and do my own research. So over a period of 12 months, I tried to disprove it and I couldn't. And the more evidence I began to find, the more that it began to change my belief. And even in having found my faith, which helps me support, I guess, a lot of the flat earth theory for me is, um, you know, the book of Enoch and even references in scripture that refer to a flat earth doctrine, basically, of how the grid looks. You know, um, the book of Enoch also unveils a lot of other things, but... That was something I kind of talked about, maybe touching on at another time, because that's a whole nother subject in itself. But um, for now, um, so well, like, so you touched on alien, ancient. I keep thinking of ancient aliens, like the show. But you said uh, ancient alien theory. What is that? I'm not actually. Sh- I'm not familiar with that. You said you were getting into that so, at the time. So, um, Chichen first. Uh, brought it up when he was in Mexico researching Aztec culture. And he was maybe suggesting that the gods at the time in ancient cultures maybe were tied in together. Years later, um, Von Von Daniken wrote the book Chariot of the Gods, and he used to be an altar boy who worked for the Catholic Church. And some of the stories like the wheels of Ezekiel and things like that, his priest couldn't answer those questions but he did encourage him to ask questions at a certain point he decided to leave the church not because he hated it but because he wanted to go out and find his own way so he went to all these different monolithic structures and went and researched these different ancient cultures and he developed a theory that what if the gods from ancient times were actually aliens and what if these aliens were all connected in some way or another or even in some ways are the same beings like Zeus with his lightning and Thor with his lightning and thunder, that Mm -hmm. the way that they use their powers and stuff, what if these were real beings that came here? 
So, I mean, yeah, that's I saw, what... I saw an interesting thing about that last night, actually, about um, how in a lot of older cultures, there's always like this um, powerful god and this indescribable evil that kind of takes the form of a serpent. So like with, uh, with Thor, you have your Mungandr, gigantic snake that brings on Ragnarok and he fights it off and then with uh, with Egyptian mythology you have Ra and Apophysis you know this more you know most powerful god on their their you know their belief system and then this demonic gigantic snake and then I was thinking like that even ties into the Christianity like Garden of Eden with you know the snake that has eat from the tree like it's a snake and it's evil you know it kind of it's a weird little parallel that I found and that's one of the questions that we don't really have an answer for right now. Actually, if I might touch on that, that's something that the Book of Enoch kind of goes in more in depth on as well. Like, um, so Adam, uh, being Adam, right? That's the Hebrew name for him. When he sees the being, he sees it as a beautiful angel. He sees it as what it is. It's Eve who sees it as, well, she sees him she's deceived she sees him as the angel and adam's the one that sees it as a serpent and that's how he knows that she was deceived mm. okay okay nice and that's to touch on the book of enoch but we're not that's a whole other yeah that's something you want to keep uh, separate right so um back to you said you were getting into you were studying uh, this ancient alien theory and then you transitioned uh you started to do your research on uh, the convex earth or yeah, so most people. It was very hard things for me to let go, you know, to let go of science and math and let go of ancient alien theory and really approach ideas in a new way, because in order to embrace a new idea, like my faith, right. I can't exactly make that work into the world of things. So obviously now I'm also a creationist and I'm a flat earther and saying just those two things basically take away your credit in anything else you would say. So it, even if I know a lot of things and I could tell you about a lot of different things, ancient cultures, histories, could tell you about different types of ways, like the way of samurai really fascinates me. And I really love Japanese culture. It's why I modeled my tattoos after the yakuza japanese samurai type tattoos um very infatuated with that. i have the hagakure <laughs> i don't know if you've heard that mark the hagakure the book of the samurai uh, they made a movie ghost dog that references quotes from that book and it was the only book ever written by a samurai i i know a couple i i think i know what you're talking about but um there's a lot of like I guess implied books like this is um, like a story of a samurai's life and like things that he did and like how to apply your life to his like kind of self-help books a lot of the time they have like people that are making because I guess the you know the way of the samurai was very noble and um, <clears throat> uh, humble and you know a lot of like good characteristics or good traits and uh, it it applies even today. But I, I get what you're talking about. I just, I'm not too familiar with that exact book. So what Hagakure means is uh, hidden by the leaves or the hidden leaves. And the symbol for it is actually the symbol I put on my wrist, which is three cranes, also forming like a holy trinity. Um, basically, the samurai, he became a monk in his later years. And 
samurai had the rule of two and you had one master and one apprentice and this guy he's telling you secrets of the samurai that weren't otherwise told unless you were training to be a samurai so that's what i mean by it being the only book of the way of the samurai um that they say is ever written and it's a very popular book out there um anyways besides that and even knowing about other ancient cultures you know if you say you're a flat earther you say you're a creationist right away people that takes away from what you're saying okay it takes away the validity of what you might say no matter how intelligently you try to approach it even if you have reasons so rather with the flat earth thing what i tell people and a couple people have actually become flat earthers since told them rather than say it's wrong and that you don't agree with it or that it's stupid tell me why it's wrong show me evidence show me proof you know because there's things that i could offer you in return that might make you reconsider now my point here is to offer another light i don't think i'm going to change everybody's minds here today that the earth is flat and for me i don't feel that it is important whether the earth is flat or if it's a globe to any one of us it's not going to change our daily lives it's not going to affect the way we work or how we interact with our families co-workers or anything else if it was a certainty what it would prove is a few things that we've been lied to and you're going to continue to be lied to and it proves that there's a reference to a creator because to have a fixed earth with the stars and sun and moon rotating around us that and being in a contained universe within a firmament that implies a creator okay so um the oldest globe map that they know in existence is from 1492 it was uh made by martin Bayham. And with an artist's help of uh, George Glockenden, they, uh, they made the first globe. Now, there's reports that globes have existed since the 6th century, since Greece. But um, none of them had survived through time. They'd been so destroyed or so fragile that they weren't able to be kept. So the actual oldest globe to exist on the planet is from 1492. And that sure. still exists. That's still like you can find that somewhere. Yes. Do you know so, like, which? I, I, I assume it's in a museum. Do you know which museum it's in? I am not actually sure on that. I'm gonna but look that up because that'd be really cool to like go to see that. And be like, that's the oldest globe oh, we currently still have. That'd be kind of cool. A little piece of history. In, in 1892, you have the Alexander Gleaser, uh, Gleason flat Earth map, and I'll put it in. Okay, so um, the reason why I wanted to send it is they allowed him to patent it, even though he said what he was doing was straighten out the latitude and longitude lines. And he made this flat earth map that became a famous overview map. Now, if you read his uh, biography, he, in fact, mentions he's a flat earther. And when he proposed this idea, when he copyrighted it through the government and the patent office, uh, he never told them about his flat earth beliefs out of fear that they were going to deny his patent on the map. Um, the reason why I bring that up is it's actually the same type of map that they use for the UN logo and many government organizations, minus Antarctica around the edges. And the reason I bring that up is because the ice around the edges goes with the whole idea of the firmament. Okay, so the way I believe the Earth is flat is I don't believe it's just a, a super flat plane. 
I believe that as far as the eye can see, and I mean, there's actually math to prove this. So the circumference of the globe is 24,901 uh, uh, feet. And to fit the circumference of the globe, the Earth would have to basically drop um, eight inches every mile. Okay. And if you look at the horizon line, which is called the horizon because it's horizontal, uh, human eyes can only see as far in three miles in clear visibility. Visibility becomes a factor because you have clouds, you have pollution, you have all these other things. And in low visibility, humans can only see a mile distance. But in the clearest visibility, we can see three miles. So to reference this, if you take yourself, because it's hard to find something your exact size, and you clone yourself and you walk that clone a mile, that clone is standing eight inches below you. You walk that clone again another mile, and that clone is standing 16 inches below you and another mile, 24 inches below you. So if you walk out anywhere to where you see the horizon line, where you can see it at the most clearest, the horizon line is always at your eye level. For it to be like the globe earth, it would be closer to like your knees, the middle of your shins. Um, That's one circumstance. Uh, There's another documentary and I understand the one that just came out with Netflix with the main guy who represents Flat Earth Community making Dude, it. That wow. was... Dude, that's a posed opposition. I feel like that's... Like, <laughs> I feel like it was propaganda. And it was Netflix. promoted. <laughs> because there's another documentary. It's called The Convexors. And you can find it in English or you can find it in Spanish. It was made by seven Brazilian scientists that came together. And they wanted to... With the new, well, it's not new, but with flat earth coming up again, they wanted to approach the idea unbiasedly, basically. And they had a team of astronomers, uh, cartographers, geologists, topographers, and civil engineers participating. Some of the team, they were globe earthers, some of them were flat earthers, and some were undecided. They proceeded with this documentary over a period of seven years and ran seven tests. Each of these seven tests were held in a few locations and they ran between three and five tests for each of these tests yielding results that proved and okay so a little history on it is that scientist who headed the project his name is uh urander fernandez de Oliveira. he's founder of the dequila uh institute and with the seven experiments what he had yielded is that he says it refutes that the earth is totally round And what they came up with from that documentary is they had decided that the earth is convex in the land areas and flat in the watery areas with an ice wall separating land that is beyond the land. Okay, they had an artist render a sculpture of what they had taken pictures over seven years. They put a bunch of GoPros up in Earth's upper atmosphere. They took a bunch of pictures of the Earth for seven years, and they had an artist sculpt this and what the globe is and put them side by side. Now, what he came up with is basically the same description that General Admiral Byrd had when he talked on live television about Operation High Jump. Yeah. So there's a lot of secrecy around the project. I found there's so much into it. There's so much to it. Like, okay... So you talked about the firmament. Can you tell the audience, what are you talking about there with the firmament? It has to do with the Bible, I know. 
people well it's not just in the bible it's actually in egyptian culture it's in nordic culture it's in sumerian culture the mayans the navajo many cultures believe in it and there's these things called stone handbags and people believe they used to be just these decorations people would carry around but if you compare those to the flat earth maps of the time from the ancient civilizations that's basically what they're sculpting for you a 3d flat earth map and so anyways they all talk about a firmament even the aborigines even in the bible and they all refer to it as if it was a molten glass so all of that would refer to later points that I have about the molten glass. But so basically the firmament is the dome that exists that keeps us from the waters. So Genesis chapter one, verse seven, it says, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament firmament. And it was so, and there's many references to the firmament in scripture and it's very important because von Braun mentions the firmament which is very questionable since werner von Braun, he came from the nazi party he was a nazi scientist and he came over to america during operation paperclip where we brought over nazi scientists and gave them false identities american identities american slash german identities to allow them to live here and avoid war crimes now werner von Braun, he was the founder of nasa which NASA was uh, founded October 1st. Uh, I my notes. So it was October 1st, 1958, which is after Operation High Jump, which led into Operation Di- Dominic, and then that also led into Operation Fishbowl. So going back, I guess, to give you a little history on that, well, First, the firmament. He mentions the firmament on his gravestone. It's unique because he created rockets for Germany. Well, von Braun. Create, von Braun yes, he did. It's on his gravestone. And um, he created the first rockets in the world for Germany. And then he came over here and basically created rockets for NASA and founded NASA. He put Psalm 19.1 on his gravestone, which Psalm 19.1 is the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork so for him to mention the firmament the firmament only applies to a flat earth grid now going back to operation high jump which was from 1946 to 1947 this was only supposed to be a two-week mission and ended up taking period of a year they went over there under the guise that they were going to antarctica to see if the nazis in fact had bases down there But what they really went to do is see if we were, in fact, had a firmament. And if there was an outer edge and it was the ice wall. There, he says that they crashed planes into it. And that at least five military planes, they shot at least two missiles, which he doesn't say what they were. I believe they were nuclear missiles because after that happened in 1947, there was the Antarctic Treaty. And in the Antarctic Treaty was the first time, and it has never happened since or before, that the world was forced to sign a treaty that no one can go there, declare any land or any of the minerals or anything from Antarctica until the year 2047, which is 100 years later. Dude, this is what, okay, this is what put me on the edge, is this right here. I was studying, I was studying Operation High Jump, right? And then I took a look at that map that he sent right and so in the map right antarctica is all around 
it's encompassing earth right mm -hmm. that's what put me on the edge is i was like wait a fucking minute wouldn't that make sense <clears throat> that the nazis would want to capture all angles around the earth they want to take over like right like wouldn't you okay if you were taken if you wanted to take over the world right wouldn't you go to like these spots around antarctica like doesn't that make sense to 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 fortify up there and then like that makes sense as and then around I, and the, the world right around the world and then it made sense well, that operation high jump they went over there to see well they said to find nazis or whatever but i mean if they were doing that like goddamn and then there's the operation. How the Nazis going to survive? Like survive there for one, right? <laughs> That's so all I'm saying. Actually, that also ties into, I guess, another conspiracy theory about the colonias in uh, Argentina and Chile, where well, also through Operation Paperclip, Nazi scientists went down there, and there's a rumor that Hitler actually died in 1984 in Argentina, and that after Admiral Byrd died after Operation High Jump because of what he said on national television, he actually died two weeks after that interview. Yeah. And rumor has Weird. it that Hitler was the one brought down there to take over that operation after he had passed. And a little history on General Admiral Byrd is, is that he was the real-life Indiana Jones. He's the first person to actually survey Antarctica. And when they started Operation High Jump with 13 countries' help, they appointed him as the top of the the mission. And when they did some missions in terrain they didn't understand, in other countries, they would bring General Admiral Byrd in to help give him a battle plan. That's how well known he was around the world. So it's not like he was just some crackpot who came out. Now, he doesn't go out there and say the earth is flat. What he comes out there and he says is there's an ice wall. And the ice wall is so massive and there's something blocking us from getting there. And that's where he talks about how we crashed planes into it, shot missiles into it. But beyond that, there's land. And in that land, he says that we had coal, gold, silver, all these things that could help the world survive over. And he declares that the land beyond the ice wall is the size of the United States. And so when you look at that convex earth map that the artist had sculpted, it, it really fits the description he gave. But see, this is back before censorship. People didn't understand it the same way we do now. When he goes out on TV and he says this, people took it as the truth. And then he died two weeks later. Like I said, the mission then led into Operation Dominic. It yielded 36 tests. 29 of those tests were airdrops for weapon development. And what they did is they detonated weapons in Earth's upper atmosphere, different yeah. types of weapons. Well, that's uh, Operation... Uh, that's another operation, like Starfish Prime, right? Yeah. Operation Starfish Prime, where they detonated... But that's into space, right? Yeah, they... because it, that leads after Fishbowl, which Fishbowl came after Dominic, which we used Thor missiles, and we would launch those between 30 and 248 miles in Earth's upper atmosphere. Now, with those missions, I think we're trying to affect the firmament. Um, I mean, that is my own perspective on it, but uh, leading from there, I guess going into the now um nasa when they were formed 1958 
uh, NASA, if you go to Hebrew, there's a word, it's nasha, and it means to lead astray, to deceive or morally to seduce. Also in it, they have the vertices, which represents like a serpent tongue, which people always tie that to a serpent being deceiving. But also the seven is a vertices. Vertices in Greek and mathematical terms means the highest point or top of an apex. NASA says that they put that vertices there in homage to the first Apollo mission. But in doing your research in the first Apollo mission, one of the pilots, one of the astronauts, became ill and was unable to attend on that mission. So there was actually only six pilots that went on the first Apollo mission. Um, so um, from there, what I have is uh, I have some scriptures that I wanted to read because they reference points. Um, Job chapter 37, verse 18, it says, Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong and has its molting looking glass? And see, that's just a version of scripture. And again, like I said, many cultures believe that there's a, a form of a, a molten type glass that exists mm-hmm. there. So what I wanted to bring that up for is because there's what is called the Libyan glass. And Libyan glass, I believe, uh, because scientists, they, they don't know where it comes from. They don't know what it is. It's 98% molten silica, and the formation temperature of it is 3,092 degrees Fahrenheit. And they found these in the desert. What I believe that there possibly are is what meteorites caused, because meteorites have to come through the firmament. If there's waters in like ancient cultures, the way they believe it is if we're living on a flat earth grid with mountains and terrain that is convex, then there's the dome around us. It's separating us from waters above us. Okay. So if there's waters above us, then if things are hitting the glass hard enough, it could potentially break through with that causing a meteorite to come down to our earth. Now, Meteorites share a commonality with some of the things found on the ocean floor, basalt. Things inside of basalt are peroxine, uh, plagioclase, and olivine. The same things in meteorite are peroxine, plagioclase, and olivine. The same material. So I suspect that the same material in a meteorite is in the same things in the surface of our ocean. Now, with satellites and debris in the air, if we're listening to what NASA says, okay, because I want to make another point about satellites is that I don't necessarily believe in satellites because the way that the world works is through triangulation and cell towers. And I can actually offer you at least 18 different things that operate in the same way that satellites operate or the way that they say that the satellites should operate for us. And if you notice when you leave rural areas or cities, you're and you go to more remote areas, your service starts to go down. Your maps don't work as well. Now, if we were off a satellite like they say we were, it wouldn't happen that way. The way that it's happening, it shows that we're still using ground technology, which was developed when we were actually testing missiles, which long-range navigation or LORAN. That's one of those things. 
cell towers, high altitude airships, high altitude platforms, lighter than air vehicle, high altitude long uh, endurance, high altitude long operation, Stratsat, air, airborne relay com, uh, communication, Helinet systems. Uh, there's high altitude shuttle systems, small balloon systems, nano balloon systems, Google loon systems. There's the stratospheric platform systems, high Hold altitude. On, Google's got a system too? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they do. And the <laughs> high altitude long know. endurance demonstrator, undersea cables, and DARPA. And one of the things I wanted to show is one of the maps of the cables that go worldwide on a worldwide grid for triangulation of those purposes where your cellular data basically transmits a signal. They're able to triangulate that signal from all of the data they have on the ground. It's not the satellites itself. But again, the reason why I bring this up is there was a photo I wanted to share. And this photo has what it should look like according to what NASA reports and what they, they're reporting in the sky is that there's 3,372 satellites. And as of January 2019, there's 128 million smaller than one centimeter pieces floating around Earth's upper atmosphere. There's 900,000 pieces, one to 10 centimeters floating around in Earth's upper atmosphere. And also 34,000 pieces of debris 10 centimeters or higher floating around Earth's upper atmosphere. So are these debris from like what uh, satellites that have apparently disrupted or like has been, been decommissioned like... and destroyed? So yeah. they say that there's over 2,000 satellites. That's what the debris is from <clears throat> that are they used floating to just around. Throw, like throw space junk all over the place too. And so. that as well. So then my point about that is why when the NASA astronauts, when they're in the space stations or in their shuttles, why is there no space debris? Why doesn't it show all of this clutter from the satellites and stuff in the air? And next point being the Van Allen belt, which they had brought up in the 60s. The Van Allen belt being a thing of radiation. It's like a magnetic energy field that they say exists outside of Earth's upper atmosphere, right? And with this energy field, they say if we fly through it, that you'll die. Yes, somehow we managed Didn't they to say get like out. It's going through like a million X-ray machines or some. Is that the one that they were talking about? Like I think so, through? yeah, because it causes a, a huge amount of radiation to you. It's very deadly to a human. They said we couldn't fly through it in the '60s, yet somehow we found a way through it to do all of our Apollo missions. Okay, mm -hmm. well, and in 2014, shielding, don't we? Well, in 2014, on actual Fox News, there was astronauts saying they were chilling in Earth's upper atmosphere. I think I sent you the video before, Lane. I don't know if you made it to the part, but um, the astronauts say we're just chilling in Earth's upper atmosphere right now because we can't leave because of the Van Allen belt. Come fast forward, twenty or well, fast forward 2018. NASA is not even making that a secret that they can't leave Earth's upper atmosphere at the moment because of the Van Allen belt. So, I mean, at that point, I'm kind of confused on how you're saying it's so deadly that it'll kill us, yet we were able to fly through it. Then you can't fly through it, but yet we're able to send other things through. 
Now, when you're talking about shielding for it, um, there is a reference. They say robots and stuff like that. It's not as affected by the radiation as us. We're an organic being. So what they're saying is that it's going to kill us. So if you're sending things out through it, but still in my belief with the firmament though i don't think we've ever been to space so for me i don't trust nasa in the way that most people do and i know that's hard to fathom but like i said i had to rethink the way that i thought about space and through other research and stuff uh the stars and the planets i'm not saying they're not real i believe they're there I just don't believe they are what they're telling us that they are because I honestly think they don't know what they are. I think they're trying to give us the best explanation for what they might think it is. Maybe they are lying to you, but in reality, no one can really say if none of us are up there looking at it, we're not in outer space. We've never seen it. We've never been there. No one can really say if it is real or what it is. Now, I have a theory about what I think they are, and um, there's sound. And sound can create water in water. Um, this is known as... Uh, okay, sorry, let me get to my notes. <clears throat> I had a lot of stuff written down, so... Yeah, we, we've, been, we've been listening. Yeah, we've been listening. Yeah, Jed smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. I've never seen him smoke <laughs> a cigarette before in my life. <laughs> it's only like four. What'd you say? Your voice was a little. It was only like four. It was only like four. My name's Jed, and I have mesothelioma. <laughs> okay, so cymatics. I don't think those related, but okay. Uh, it's not. <laughs> cymatics is seeing sound through frequency and vibration. The energy of a sound wave in. Uh, a fluid can create flashes of light. So you've seen Mandela's created by people producing sound underwater and they take a picture and there's a Mandela that forms within there. Now, if you actually compare what a star looks like from a telescope from your backyard and everyone has access to it, and I had photos of that as well, I wish I could have shared the video with it, but um, the way that it reacts is like an energy ball and it reacts as if the same way that the energy reacts when you apply it to water, which in theory in the flat earth, if there is in fact a firmament and there is water above, there's the theory of Eden or Argatha, right? In the center of the earth with these people. Now, the Nazis believe this as well with the real society. Because there was a people down there that they say existed, were named the Vrilya, that had really light, like almost fluorescent, glowing skin and blonde hair. And they were a futuristic society that lives in the center of the earth. Now, you told me, what did you say at work? You, were, you, you said, because uh, I, I asked about shit like that. And you were like, dude, you look like the Vrilya. And I was like, what the fuck's that? And then like, you <laughs> just went on about that shit. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, because the Vrilya... I believe to be something else, which also ties back to the Book of Enoch, which are the Nephilim. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you want me to get into that Dude, here. I'm, I'm honestly, you're, I'm, you're blowing my mind. Like the shit you're talking about. So just keep going. If you want to bring it up. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning a lot about ancient cultures and shit too. So, like, 
Well, basically in the book of Enoch, okay, when it talks about the Nephilim, which is also referenced in Genesis, but people don't understand because they're just lit, depending on a person to tell them what the scriptures say. Now, even though I say I'm faith-based, I grew up in the church until I was 10. My grandma was my Sunday school teacher. I lost my faith for 14 years when my mom had cancer. And I was praying and things didn't change and I lost my faith. I branched out and I learned about different cultures. I, I practiced Buddhism, the Tao Te Ching, the I Ching. I went out, I read the book, uh, like I said, I re read the Satanic Bible, just trying to learn other things. I studied ancient alien theory. I started studying ancient cultures. All I wanted to quest for was the truth. And uh, then I was see, brought back to my to faith. So when I say I believe in a faith, I don't claim to be a domination. I just, I worship a true risen king and I call him by his actual name, his Hebrew name, Yahuwah. God and Lord are titles. Those are not what his name were in the ancient text. And I practice from a book called the Sephir, which is the divine scrolls or divine book. This book was published only about four or five years ago. And it was a retranslation of the Hebrew text from the Dead Sea Scrolls found between 1986 and 1996. The tablets, they're dated to be about 4,500 years old, which are the most ancient writings of the Bible ever discovered. There's 87 books in that compared to the 66 books in the King James Bible, which only existed since 1611. Before that, you have the Ethiopian Bible, which the Christian Bible exists 800 years prior to that. You have the Sepugate and the Vulgate, which are the Latin and the Greek Bibles. But I reference more from the actual scrolls. I didn't believe, I didn't believe uh, a word you were saying when you were like, I don't know, you said you were talking about Yahuwah, right? Yeah. That's his real name. And I didn't believe it. I was like, dude, whatever, man, it's Jesus. And then I like went, or it's, it's God, it's God. And then I went in, I actually opened the Bible. <laughs> I actually went in and it, and it's, they reference Yahuwah and then I am. And that's what I was yeah. like. I was like, damn, dude, like, fuck. It's crazy. So Yahuwah has an actual meaning to it. And it's made up of four characters, the Yod, A, U, A, because it's read backwards. And what those represent, the characters, was behold, hand, behold, nail, each character. But as a whole phrase, what it represents is that I am every thought, ever thought. I am every dream, ever dreamt. I am every word, ever spoken. I am everything from the beginning to end and everything in between. I am that I am. The same phrase, basically, he says to Moses or Musha in the desert. Now, um... Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, I guess, if we're going to reference this with the Messiah. Um, his real name in the Hebrew is Yahusha. And in that verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, he said, I will come to you in my own name, and you will receive me not, but one who will come in his own name, him you shall receive. If you look at different, and this I kind of wanted to touch on a little more with I guess the pagan origins of Jesus Christ, which isn't his actual name. And there's translations that show why that isn't his name. And actually, if you go back through history, 
you'll find that Pontius Pilatus, the one who crucified the Amashiach or the Messiah, which he was actually strung up upon a tree, not a cross, which is Greek translations because the Greek created the stake or the cross, which it was referred to as a stake. The Catholic Church just went and changed the word to a cross to give idol worship, which that's what I believe that is, to praise any imagery like that. But the Amashiach or the Messiah, when he was crucified, there was a sign made and it said his name in four different languages and one of those being the hebrew and at the time they had made the hebrew people forget their original language and pontius pilates was told if you put this up here you're going to make him a martyr you're declaring him the king of the jewish people he said it was written and so shall it be done and that's where that saying comes from Mm. and that's how the name leaked out again then it was buried until we discovered the dead sea scrolls and the name was discovered again the true name of the father and the son. But I mean, I could go into another in-depth discussion about what each name means in the translations leading up to Jesus Christ. But I kind of wanted that to be for something else. Yeah. Uh, if that's yeah, okay that's, with you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Whatever you want. Since we're on the whole flat earth subject, because this is a whole <laughs> yeah, I, topic uh, in itself. I okay? had a couple questions about that too. So you were saying that, um, one theory suggests that the stars we see in our sky is actually um, sound waves reflected through water, correct? Correct. So how would that explain how a lot of times, from the same perspective, they're the same throughout the year? Like the, like the zodiac signs and constellations and players. So and... they're meant to be that way. And that's what I'm saying. The flat earth theory implies that there is a creator. And the planets, they're a lot like the stars, especially if you look at them through a telescope. And with that, they're more solidified than the stars, which we use those as spiritual guidance. Throughout all ancient histories, we've used the planets and the constellations. Um, there's I looked at now the going... I look to the Egyptians for that because the pyramids, the way it lines up <clears throat> with everything, like our, yeah, with our, uh, ancestors, our ancestors were huge into astronomy and they were, they were more knowledgeable. I think they're more knowledgeable than we are now because the shit that they put on uh, in, in hieroglyphics and everything, um, we're, what we're finding, it's, it, it, every time we find a new hieroglyphic, it's like, Holy shit, these guys were intelligent as fuck. Like, shit. Wonder if we can translate it, yeah. We, we find <laughs> that uh, <laughs> they're a little bit smarter than what we give them credit for. But, I mean, with mapping and, um, you know, computing, I guess, math yeah. doesn't change much. <laughs> nope. Yeah, math is math is math. Two plus two will always be four, um, unless we get into some weird intradimensional theories that aren't even fully fleshed out yet but with what you're saying about like you know ancient egypt being smarter than anybody gives them credit for they were smart enough to take their language and another language and then a third language and be like let's put these all on the same stone Mm -hmm. saying the same thing just in case somebody loses the translation you know that's (laughs) that's a that's a level of like foreknowledge that you know we just don't have anymore Right. Exactly. Right. So I mean, they built the fucking pyramids. We still can't figure out how to re 
redo that with our sciences. Mm. Actually, to touch on that, there was a seminar, and it's about the flood. It came out in 1988, and it was the Mesopotamian archaeological evidence about 1800s cover-ups. And the elite, if you will, went through to these archaeological sites that proved that there was a great flood in the areas, and they excavated these things and put them back up, restored them, to make it appear as if there wasn't a flood as a great cover-up. Um, the reason why I reference this is because that great rift in the Milky Way, there was actually a theory on that. And it used to be called the Dark Rift by the Mayans prior to scientists declaring it as the Great Rift. And the theory is, and they put this in your face, like with the Simpsons. There was an episode, Homer hits a home run. And it goes up and it hits the glass, but it's not the glass, it's the sky. And the, the sky breaks like glass and water pours in the stadium. So there was reports from all over the world. And this is the Sumerians, the Polynesians, the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Navajo, the Inca, the Chinese, all reported that the sky had split in two and a great water poured out of it. And there's a theory that that great rift is that thing in our firmament but it is not just an open hole it's like a weaponized hole that has some kind of reset for the flat earth that when it's time to reset everything the floods come down wipe everything out and it's basically like a great restart and great the reason reset. why i bring Gosh. this up is because <laughs> it ties into what i'm telling you about the sound i know it's a, it's a very in-depth explanation now there is a world within the center of the earth that the nazis believe these people are more advanced than us and they're on a higher level of consciousness and spirituality than us now the belief is uh, it's a, a theory out there that we're in hell okay and that by using this energy this energy that is the opposite of the flat earth because as above so below by using this energy that they're harnessing they're able to transfer our souls back into the system that's how come we may have been part of the great re great reset before when people are reporting that they have memories of past lives or things like that to explain reincarnation and stuff that's what i believe we're like trapped by energy here there's a theory and people are out there trying to use this white magic with blood with intent and i don't know if you've ever heard of it but what they're saying is you put your intent out there that the earth uh, we want the earth to be restored or whatever, and you put your blood on it, and that's blood with intent. It's a white magic to help open up the spirituality and consciousness of the world so that people can make a migration to that center point, which there is a belief that the North Star at the North Pole, when the Big Dipper goes around it summer, spring, and fall, it forms a swastika. That's where the swastika symbol came from in all ancient cultures and why they think it's important. That swastika is the X marks the spot to the center where we would go to achieve spirituality and escape from this hell, this prison that they trapped us in to use our energy. Because your energy, energy doesn't just dissipate and it, it doesn't just burn. It has to burn out. But in our lifetime, that energy doesn't just burn out. So when we die, that energy is still here. It has to go somewhere else. Because in theory, even though I believe in faith, my belief and because I believe what's in the scripture, no one's in heaven or hell. 
And that's what it says in there. Every It's judgment day for a reason. Nobody goes to heaven or hell until judgment day. So there was a waiting place created, which is Sheol, which is also referenced in flat earth depictions, you know, the underworld of waiting, where time doesn't pass for those of us who are there. But the theory is that Sheol may not be that dark waiting place that we think, but may be enlightened spirituality. And that that's where we need to go to truly awaken our spirituality. Fucking blue in my mind. So, uh, back to <laughs> the sounds, shit, though. Like, what the fuck? like I said, there's an antithesis to the flat earth underneath, which is has its black hole, uh, if you will, uh, antithesis of what I'm saying is to the center of the earth in the Antarctic. From this, it creates a toroidal field, right? And this is spiral energy, the Fibonacci sequence, the toroidal field that generates from our own solar plexus, creating our own aura. This toroidal field that creates the same as in the firmament. Because going to sacred geometry, there's what's called the Genesis pattern. In the Genesis pattern, it basically proves the existence of God to an extent. That's why they call it the Genesis pattern, because... It's sacred geometry, the flower of life, the seed of life, the tree of life. These right. were symbols that were throughout ancient culture that you never seen the full symbol and you'd be killed if you seen it because it gave us math and science by the angles and how everything was shaped. In the Genesis pattern, the way it's explained is consciousness was created. Like in the beginning, there was light, right? So with light came consciousness and consciousness exists in nothingness and nothing in space. So for consciousness to move around in space, consciousness has to create an aura. Once consciousness creates an aura, it duplicates itself. And it took a period of six days like a to duplicate a cell. And mm -hmm. that's what it became known as the Genesis pattern. And this is proven in cells, like Wait, you mentioned, Lane. Is that the 3-6? Is that like the 3-6-9, like the square? Like the, I drew it out where it's like, it's like a... Uh, Oh, Metatron's cube Metatron's is also cube. part okay. of that. Um, all of its sacred geometry, it leads one to the next. It goes the seed of life, the flower of life, the fruit of life, the tree of life, and mm. so on and so forth. There's Metatron's cube. All of these things are part of sacred geometry. And they're throughout all ancient cultures. Mm. Is, that, is, I mean, is that because the cultures knew how like farming work like seed to fruit like okay wait i'm confused <laughs> so they say that this tech this type of science came from their gods and in the book of enoch it says that 200 messengers or angels and this is why i studied ancient languages okay because you have what are substitutions and transliterations the word angel came from uh, a transliteration so the word for angels in the Hebrew is malachia, which means messengers. And in the Greek, it was angelos, which means messengers, which was then sub or transliterated to angels. So really what they are is messengers. Angels isn't really what they're called. So these messengers, 200 of them were on Mount Hermon, and they wanted to mate with mortal women. So they decided to make a pact. 
and because they were like if we do this if one of us does this all of you will tell our father and we will all be punished but if we make a blood pact here and now and all 200 of us stand together then we can justify each other man, so they basically that shit will never work. You get 200 people together, they're going to be like, man, I'm telling everybody how fucked this is. No, so they man, I had a fine honey up women. on the mountain. I had a fine honey up on the mountain the other day. You never believe it. And they created monsters. They mixed their blood with everything on the planet, and they created the Nephilim. And in turn, they showed these women magics, and magics that were the dark magics, alchemy, all of this stuff that gave us knowledge to this extent and that's where a big belief of where these magics came from so when it comes to aliens you want a nice woman show her magic (laughs) are you talking about like magic like so the gathering back yeah yeah like the gathering like (laughs) i I roll the d20 and i roll no but no No, uh, so back in the day like things were more simple you know you just farmed you lived off the land you ate the fruit of the god or of the earth um you know it was just very simple but like now it's more of a you know the society we live in it's you know us communicating through this technology is that what you're talking about like they gave him the they gave them the this advanced is technology like this is magic or Maybe. what do you use they gave us the knowledge they taught us how to use magics to manipulate the earth and create change the energies of the earth Okay, so I believe that's where the monolithic structures came from. So going back to that, there was actually an astronaut in the 1980s who applied the Pythagorean theorem to the globe. And what she found is, is that each line that forms the triangles, on those lines of the triangles where you're on land, that's where every monolithic structure is. So they're tied to a power source on a world Wait, grid. She used the globe theory. So what well, wouldn't that prove I just call it the globe <laughs> for the reference of what she said. You know, she applied it to the earth, to oh, okay. the map. Okay. The, so anyways, there's a guy named Chris Seeley. And he says, because when templates are about, uh, when, when templates are built on nodal points, they can possibly, uh, they could <laughs> possibly, uh, were connected in, uh, res- resonance and uh, capacitating with the illuminate and subsequent tor- toroidal field thereby initiating the fra- uh, fracturing of the dome above the flat earth allowing in the waters above causing great floods and therefore the complete electrical shorting of the temples to the ground which would explain the evidence of the electrically fried and disintegrated stone obelisk found at or near temple sites no with no apparent covalent bonding remaining in the crystal substance so i mean that goes back to that seminar with the flood restoration is that there's signs of electrical damage to these devices he thinks like i had mentioned to you at work lane that a lot of the the pyramids, even in the Mayan culture, the Aztec culture, Egyptian culture, pyramids found all over the world. At the top of them, they're designed like a tuning fork, and they hold a frequency, and they can well, resonate a frequency. They, it's yeah, and Tesla was trying to harness this in, in south of us in Springs. Yeah, with <laughs> the Warden Towers. Yeah, three six nine. He was obsessed with three six nine, and um, yeah, I I love 
talking about Nikola Tesla, but I know we're not going there, but um, there's, he found the, um, with the pyramid, there's something called the three fifths or the, um, like, you know, the circle of fifths in, in music, right? Yeah. So you have the perfect fifth and then you have the perfect fourth. The perfect fifth is a three, two ratio. And the perfect fourth is a four third, four third ratio. Um, but yeah, I think that's where you're going with this. I hope that's yeah, but that going. circle of fifths, every fifth note in music is a demonic note that calls upon demons, which is also the magic that is part of what those messengers gave us. You know, like alchemy, uh, things like you're talking about with Aleister Crowley, those type of magics, could, they gave us the dark magics of this world. Is there good magic? But they, gave us, they also <laughs> gave us knowledge, <laughs> though. They gave us knowledge. You know, but we right. did gain knowledge through the whole idea of being cast out of Eden with the fruit. Um, by gaining knowledge, what was actually sinful in action is that to cover up our sins, to cover up the fact that we now have knowledge, we know we're naked, we're no longer innocent. So naked is no longer innocence because we know we're naked. We had to cover our flesh to cover our sins. We had to introduce murder into the world by killing an animal and covering our bodies. That's how sin was born into this world. And that's where the Book of Enoch gets way more in depth into what actually transpired in the beginning. So I, have we been talking about the Book of Enoch or have we been talking about Flutter? I think you just keep, uh, keep merging the two, but I understand yeah. why. Because they, well, because it's very relevant to the situation right. and it was removed from scripture for reasons that they don't want to the world to know basically you're talking about like the catholic church which is yes. like known for like bad destroying stuff. things <laughs> and killing the most people of any institution in the world and like anton zander levey had referred to in his satanic bible if the church is the longest lasting institution in the world who knows how to better lie to the people and tell them what they want to hear yeah and <clears throat> even in scripture it tells you you are to read the scripture to pray on it and ask for guidance and discernment our purpose isn't to listen to another man and what he believes what scripture is oh okay so i would like to because i am religious but i've been reading king james right so is there a way to get a translation of like in english where it says uh fucking i keep forgetting his name dude yeah, yeah. Yahuwah. Is there a way to get a translated version of that, or is it very, like, kept off? So, you can. It's the Sephir. That's what I'm saying. It's a $100 Bible that you could buy on Amazon, okay? Or you could buy it for $25 on your phone, and it's what is retranslated now properly, because this is Paleo-Hebrew. It's C-E-P-H-E-R. And it's the Paleo-Hebrew, because there's two dialects of Hebrew that exist out there. And the Dead Sea Scrolls, they're the most ancient text of Hebrew, so it's the original writing. They're okay. retranslated now in modern times to be what they're supposed to say, because the Alentoth was removed over 10,000 times from Scripture. Multiple books were removed that were canonized as non-Scripture that actually exist in the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
which were found in caves, some of them partially burned and mostly destroyed. The most uh, full book that they found was, in fact, the Book of Enoch. But these things look like they were hot, hid and stored away because, you know, the Catholic Church led a campaign to kill many people for their beliefs. In fact, the Sabbath, which is Saturday, the Shabbat, they killed everybody to make them worship on Sunday, Sunday sun worship, because Constantine, who became the second uh, emperor of Rome and was a pope of the Catholic Church, he only joined Christianity not out of faith base, but out of political gain. He changed a lot of things in the Catholic Church to reference what he wanted to as a sun believer. Mm. And yeah. that's when they killed everybody. If you, so when, Yeah, well... I'll let you finish. I have a question. Well, about if you refuse to call him by his Hebrew name or call him by the false name, they would kill you. If you refuse to pray to Mary, they would kill you. You know, that's when I feel that the mark of the beast actually transpired and that the beast head that Revelations talks about is the events that the Catholic Church had put the people through. Ah. Okay. Uh, what was my question? My question was... Uh... You said he worshiped the sun, right? Is that so? That's like uh, <clears throat> there's sun worship, and I'm trying to tie it together because, like, you know, like Aztecs, Mayans, like sun worship was huge and shit like that. Like, so what? What do you mean by like uh, Constantine was like worship? Well, sun worship was a big thing with pagan cultures. So, going with this, my big thing, like I was explaining at the beginning of the podcast, is I really. My beliefs are rooted in scripture, but in original scripture, you know, like I said, these tablets, they've been dated to 4,500 years old. They're as old almost as Egypt and Sumeria. Okay. And I get that the Bible has been retranslated, mistranslated, and there's a lot to the book of Enoch that I would like to talk about, but it's really hard when people are in doctrine. Kind of like I explained it to you at work lane, where it's like having the cure for cancer. And you want to share it with everybody, but not everyone's willing to accept it. So it's something you kind of have to usher into softly because some of the things I might say might actually make a lot of people very angry. And I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you come, everyone pretty much knows the earth is a globe, right? Like you go to anybody on the street, you'd be like, hey, is the earth flat around or, you know, is it a globe? They'll be like, yeah, it's a globe. But then you get you coming along and it's like, no. Uh -uh. now like they don't like people don't want to be people don't I mean, like it when you challenge their beliefs right and they don't you, you would be going against nasa you would be going against all these photos you would be going against all the shit that we have been literally since kids like like i think i feel like they throw it in our face like uh universal studios right like the big you know first thing you see is the globe right and then like uh what's that show uh Truman Show, it's a, it's a movie, but it's called the Truman Show. But it's like he yeah. opens, it's like holy shit, dude. And then the Simpsons, which if anybody has watched the Simpsons and followed current events, they fucking know it all, dude. I feel like that guy's a time traveler. Listen, man, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're found out. You're a time traveler. The guy who creates the Simpsons, it's over with. So I mean, like when you said it, like because I heard it from my dad. I've heard it from people at work, at previous work, like oh yeah, flat Earth. And I just was like, dude, fuck off with that shit, man. I didn't want to hear it. And then uh, you started talking about, like, Hebrew and then, like, all the old 
the old text, the Book of Enoch, and then like you say, you were saying the same shit my dad was saying, and I was like, holy shit, dude! I was like, hmm. all right, let's let's give it a whirl. Let's have him on the podcast. I feel like I feel like. Well, before you came to work, I was actually ridiculed a lot, and it took me a long time to get to the point where people actually. Oh, they're like, I don't oh, know man, if they're mocking me. <laughs> well, I mean, so when I Let's told people really I was a flat earther, they just made fun of me. And that, as I've had chances to explain more of why I believe that and why it's something that I believe in, people, I guess, are maybe embracing it a little more. You know how Adam was like, well, you do a podcast about conspiracy theories. <laughs> you should hear this guy on flat earth. But before everyone was like, oh, this guy believes in flat earth. Here he is, the freak. Poke at him. Well, look dude, at him through this cage yeah you've given the most you've honestly i've heard it all <clears throat> i've heard all all the attempts but you've given the best uh i guess your in your eyes explanation as to why you believe the way you you believe and mm-hmm. uh dude yeah your beliefs is your beliefs it's it's almost like a religion right it's like yeah. hey you believe something that's cool like fuck like that shit's deep like you just went into like so many different yeah i feel like you're not even done you probably like you wanted to go in the book of enoch which dude whatever you want to do i mean we want to let's let's further down the rabbit hole for the uh let's do let's do like a uh have you on and we just talk about like ancient uh i guess christianity hebrew uh book of enoch and whatnot yeah that that sounds like a that's another thing that would be way more yeah something we could do like a whole episode on it'd be really cool um but i i think you've enlightened me a little bit just today because i honestly didn't know anything about flat earth theory concave earth theory or anything like that i just you know i get on a plane and i'm like yeah it, it works this way and i fly over to japan and obviously the sun comes up here whenever it goes down there so i don't <laughs> i don't get it but i mean we're I guess I guess it was nice to hear a little bit more in depth and um, more of the reasons why you think the Earth is a different shape than everybody else. But um, I don't know if I'm changed. And like you said before, uh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect our lives, whether we think the Earth is round or flat or anything like that. So it is. it's just neat to hear the argument, for sure. Yeah. I'm always quick to think that the government's lying to us, so you know I, I can kind of believe that. that yeah. What, well, Jed, what? Why would you think that they they are here to help us and they're here to tell us the truth? And they've never lied to us. <laughs> Dude, come on, come on, Jed. Uh, the government is built on lies. That's what they do. That's why most of them are lawyers. That's oh, why dude, Jed's that's dad right, lives in a dude. cabin in the woods. Isn't that, dude? Isn't that weird? Oh shit. They're all lawyers. It's like you know, back yeah. in the day, and like this is something that like it totally isn't involved in this conversation at all. But now that we've brought it up, back in the day, Congress was made up of farmers. Wow. Well, <laughs> I think we should go back to that. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, think about it. Like, back to like you know the original Congress. Most right. of them were oh, yeah. plantation owners. Uh, there was a couple lawyers, like you know Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. I think James Madison was also a lawyer, but like most of the most of the people that made up Congress were, in essence, normal people. They were the but now you the but now in the last you know couple hundred you know last hundred years or so we've gotten the shift of like everybody that goes to Congress is a lawyer or a politician. Politician didn't used to be a trade. 
But they also used to be volunteers back then. I think when you introduced a pay for them is when his corruption started to follow even more. Oh, of course. That's right. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, that all started too with like um, when Thomas Jefferson got elected and he was like, you know, it doesn't make sense that the guy who comes in second place gets to be the vice president. It should be somebody from my own party. Like, no, the point of that was that we would have a difference of opinion in, in the highest two seats. Like yeah. that was the point. And then, you know, it was like, what, eight years in, 12 years in, he's just like, no, let's just like to the country itself. And he's like, yeah, no, we're just going to make it so that whoever I want to be my vice president is the vice president, not the guy who was opposing me. It's like, it doesn't even make fucking sense. But anyway. Yeah. 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 It should, it should definitely go back to that. I agree. <laughs> well, it's been a real one, guys. I think it's time to wrap it up. And, you know, uh, is there any any place where we can reach you that uh, you want people to, like, look you up or anything? Um, I mean, I don't really have anything <laughs> like that. I do have a – I mean, I got, I got a Facebook, but that's for me and my family. My Instagram, I do some art. I like to draw and sculpt on figures and stuff, so I really use that for that. And then I have a yeah. Snapchat account, but it's more for my little boy. He likes the filters. Right. Hell yeah. Okay. So. Well, hey, uh, if you want to yeah, send you us can. your Instagram, I can put it in the description. People can, you know, go People check it out and check out check your it art out, and stuff. Yeah. You want? No, you don't have to. It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is actually the first time I put my ideas out there on a public uh, resource like this, other than my faith based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the way you were talking, I was just like, dude, you got to, like, some people are probably going to reach out. Like, they're going to be like, yeah, dude. Or they're going to put something else in there, you know, like add more information. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, yeah, you know a lot about a lot. Um, we're probably gonna have you on again for sure. Um, yeah, I would definitely like to be. I mean, I could talk about a few topics if you'd like. I mean, hell yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, like we do every uh, end of the episode. Please like, share, and comment. Especially share this because uh, you know we're small right now, but we're trying to we're trying to grow. We're trying to get everything out. So please share the video. If you like the video, please share the video. If you didn't like the video, please share the video. I don't care. Just share it, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to, if you're like, hey, look at these fucking idiots, but share it. You know, like let you know let other people look at our you know floundering for knowing what to say and and what to do and and what to believe and. And, uh, you know, if you want to praise us, be like, these guys are so smart. They know what the, they know what's going on. Then, yeah, yeah share exactly. us and, you know, let other people know. And, you know, if you're new around here, subscribe <laughs> because yeah. that's like the best way to help us right now is just yeah. to subscribe just so that you can come back and see us. You know, we'll pop up on your timeline. We'll be in your home. Your subscribers will be everywhere. Just subscribe to us. Ring the notification bell if you really want to know when we post new videos. We don't really have a schedule right now, but it's kind of like, two videos a week generally usually toward you know thursday friday and then like monday tuesday but you know that's kind of flexible depending on our output and what we have time for yeah yeah yeah. but hey if you get us up there enough we'll all quit our day jobs and this will be all we do yeah, yeah and then you get a video every single day <laughs> every freaking day <laughs> every you day get a video every day get to see jed every day that beautiful i mean yeah i guess it's beautiful face i mean come on i like come the beer yeah, I trimmed off. I had the super long <laughs> goatee for a while, but yeah, like with was... the mask, it just it looked so weird. But now, it's even like without a... the mask, it looked pretty weird. But that would you yeah, look well... different from the intro when you're clean shaven, oh, <laughs> and the yeah. older intros, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right then.
Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. There's too much here. There's too much. Delane has too much knowledge for one podcast, so I need you guys to stay tuned for episode two with Delane. It will be coming. Just be patient. We're gonna we're gonna continue to drop crazy knowledge on you, and it's gonna it might shift some worldviews. I'm not gonna lie to you, but stay tuned for episode two. Yep. And uh, in order to stay tuned. You just hit the subscribe button. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and we're yeah, right so. back to the subscribe. <laughs> so, yes, yep. stay tuned for part two of this.